Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. Quite frankly, I get most of my news from you. Joan Esposito. Y'all ready for this? On WCPT 820. Hi, thanks for joining me this Wednesday, November 2nd. As you might be able to tell, we are out at a remote. This broadcast is sponsored by Grundy County Democrats, Kendall County Democrats, and LaSalle County Democrats. By the way, uh, in case you are driving around the area and would like to come join us for the fun in person, we are at the Grundy County Democratic Headquarters. That is in Morris, Illinois. It's in Heritage Plaza. Trust me, if you get here, you'll hear the noise. And just stop on by and say hello. Let's uh, let's kick things off today with Grundy County, but uh, first, a, a quick thank you to Lady B for a fine traffic report, and I can tell you personally how hard it is to do those. Um, now, now back to politics. I am joined now by Richard Joyce, who is the chairman of the Grundy County Democratic Party, District 3, um, wants to uh, talk about all kinds of things going on in Grundy County. We're going to get to some specific in just a second, but first, welcome, and thank you for having us here and hosting such a nice afternoon. Well, nice to meet you. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to have you and the crew here. Uh, we're very happy, and I'd like to thank my crew for uh, setting up. I couldn't be here this morning. Yes, good so, job. Uh, it, t- it takes a village to do this, doesn't it? Sometimes even more. Yes. <laughs> Politics or radio, both of those. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about your background and what you did for 34 years. Tell me about that. Well, I have two 34 years uh, <laughs> things to talk about in my previous life, I guess. I was a high school teacher for 34 years, and I also served 34 years on the county board. Um, most of that simultaneous, although, let's see, for about uh, eight years after I retired from teaching, I was still on the county board. So uh, I kind of had ten, dual, dual ten terms there. Ten terms. Wow. Yes. And uh, I learned a lot. Very interesting. I started out actually on the township board uh, for nine years before I got married and moved, so I had to resign from my position there. But uh, So I was actually elected, uh, let me think, 1981 to the township board, and I served till 2018. So 37 years, I held elective office of one type or another. So... How has Grundy County changed in that time period? In that time period, we had a growth spurt there. Uh, I would say around the early uh, 2000s, maybe around 2005, a uh, big housing boom, and then we had the big crash, of course, in about 2008-9, and that stopped. And we went from roughly, uh, I would say, about thirty or 35,000 up to 55,000 pretty quickly. And then uh, the growth is there now. It's not as fast. Uh, but you do see homes going up and uh, subdivisions and things, so uh, it's not like it was in 2005, but it's also not like it was in 2010 when things were very much, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much at a halt, you know. So I'd say the northeast edge of our county is somewhat suburban, and the rest of it is pretty much rural if you get to the south and western part. So we're a very diverse county in a lot of ways, I think. As far as economics and things like that, a lot of farms. Yes. What mm-hmm. kind of uh, what kind of crops do they grow around here? Soybeans and corn. So that's <laughs> it, it's Illinois, man. It's soybeans and corn. 
Um, and you know, I, I'm sure you guys know this, but you know, I announced it a few weeks ago when Governor Pritzker signed that deal with Taiwan that over the next two years we're going to be selling over two billion dollars of our coin, corn, and soybeans uh, to Taiwan. And you know, somebody emailed me later and they were like, you know, that was an amazing thing, and that's the kind of thing people need to hear about. And there were so many other places, uh, news sources that really didn't carry that or didn't give it any kind of focus. I thought that was an amazing deal. That's very important for our local area here. Uh, one of the issues right now, if you watch uh, uh, in the news media, uh, is the fact that we've had not much rain here in the Midwest. Uh, problem with shipping on the Mississippi River, uh, the barges, the water level is so low, the barges are getting stuck. And so we have a big shipping uh, place here in uh, Grundy County in Morris on the Illinois River, and uh, I haven't really talk to anybody who works there. I really don't know anybody that works there, but I know on television you see that at night. Uh, that That's an issue. So climate change is certainly affecting us here in the Midwest uh, in many ways. Uh, not only just floods sometimes in different places. They get 10 inches of rain. That's highly unusual, yeah. uh, you know, but that's been happening too here and there. And, of course, the hurricane down in Florida, a lot of things are happening like that. So. And and the states are so interconnected with transport and river traffic and all of that that something that happens in a state, and you might say, well, that's over there, that's not over here, but it affects people over here. That's right. The uh, You know, the water level in Louisiana affects farmers in Illinois, so that's kind of... You know, everything's connected. We all know that. <laughs> Another one of the big employers around here is the nuclear power plant, the Dresden Nuclear Power Plant. Talk about that. Uh, they employ about 800 people uh, on a regular basis, not counting when they have what's called outages, which is when they uh, do maintenance and things like that, sometimes replace fuel rods. And uh, during the outages, which last a short period of time, they bring in uh, many contractors and uh, uh, construction workers to do different uh, tasks there, and that's a big uh it's a big employer. Uh, Dresden is a big taxpayer in our county. I think next year the number is about $26 million. They pay to local taxing bodies, so that affects the fire departments, libraries, certainly the schools, uh, the county, of course, townships. Very, very important. So uh, last year uh, they passed in Springfield after a long, long period of months of negotiation, they pa- passed the Clean Energy Jobs Act. Mm-hmm. And uh, Exelon was threatening to close Dresden prior to that. Uh, so I know uh, the negotiation was between all the different types of power companies. Uh, you know, that would be like wind and solar, uh, natural gas, nuclear, coal. And then there were uh, union groups, uh, environmentalists. And so in the whole mix, uh, it's very difficult to pass legislation like that <laughs> to try and yeah. satisfy everybody. But they finally got it done. Uh, I know one of our... Uh, union leaders in our county. Uh, I spoke to him uh, early in the summer last year, and he said he spent the whole month of March in Springfield lobbying. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he spent more time after that too, because it finally got passed in the fall, a little over a year ago. So that was very important for our area. And uh, Dresden employs people not just from Grundy County, but you know a lot of people from LaSalle County and Will County work there. And too. I know one of the concerns was that even though we really want Illinois to be a, a solar or wind-powered state. You've got to have something to fill the gap until you get there. And without some of our uh, nuclear power plants, there would definitely be a drop. And I think that's what, because people were saying, well, you know, uh, this bill, it permits Dresden to stay stay open. But it, we need it right now. Sure. There has to be a mix. I mean, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, 130-some uh, uh, wind towers come in our county when I was on the county board here. And that was a good thing. Uh, it's it's uh, it brings money for all the townships and the villages and stuff. 
in the schools, and it doesn't bring more students. So that's an easy win. Uh, they improved a lot of the roads, I know, because they have to have better roads to bring the uh, the blades in and all the equipment in the first place. So the townships uh, that have those uh, towers, it was a good thing. It's a good thing for the farmers if they choose to have those on their property. They, it's a good revenue. A little extra uh, income. Oh, yeah. Hurts. doesn't hurt a thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me, um, we were talking before the broadcast started, and we were talking about this. Uh, program and the votes, and there was uh, somebody who voted against it. <laughs> Should we talk about that, Richard Joyce? Senator Bailey, who is uh, currently a candidate for governor, voted against the Clean Energy Jobs Act. Uh, there are uh, 18 Republicans in Springfield in the state Senate, and only two voted for it. And uh, our one was our local uh, senator here, and uh, somebody else, I guess, from downstate. But Senator Bailey voted no. So uh, in that respect, but, but 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 he represents rural Illinois. He's a farmer. He understands how important all this is. Well, everybody's not a farmer. Uh, some people have to work somewhere else, and uh, you know that's a big uh, a big issue for our county certainly. So, uh, in that in that respect, he voted against our interest. I would say. Uh, I mean, I'm a taxpayer in this county. I live here, plan to live here a long time, and so affected my school district. Uh, the Dresden plant is actually in the school district where I live. So without that, uh, our taxes would skyrocket. And so would everybody's in the whole county, really. So, uh, um, I'm, I know that when, um, when Darren Bailey appears before reporters, they have lots of things to ask him about. I have not heard anybody asking him yet about this particular uh, vote. But if they do, we at Heartland Signal will be watching for that, and we will make sure we get that on our website and on our social media because I bet it's going to be like, well, Chicago's a hellhole. Well, don't you live there? Well, yes, I do because I thought I should explore it firsthand and see all the cultural sites and ride the CTA. Okay, all right, whatever you say. I'm glad you asked about the Dresden plant because that's a big issue in our area, definitely. Uh, a lot of families depend on that place for their livelihood. So, And all the nuclear plants, we are... Uh, we actually have two just outside of our county. The Braywood plant is in Will County, but it's only a mile or so from our county line, not even. And then the uh, Seneca plant, of course, is in LaSalle County, and that's not very far from our county line either. So we're kind of in the nuclear valley here. And, uh, you know, p- provides a lot of jobs. And, uh, you know, it, it is clean energy in, this, in the fact that it doesn't give off pollution. You have to worry about the spent nuclear rods after they're... I guess their use is over with, but uh, that's another issue. That's kind of a federal thing, and I don't know if they ever going to deal with that in a proper way, but that's somebody else's worry. Actually, our worry, too, because we're still here. <laughs> oh, well, Richard, before we move on to some of our other guests, if people would like to learn more about your organization, where can they look? I'm assuming you've got a nice website to direct them to? Yes, we do, and we have a Facebook page also, and uh, they can just Google Grundy County Democrats if they wish, and... Uh, uh, find us. We have a QR code and everything. We did put out a uh, candidate newspaper, which we do every election, and it's on there, so you can scan that with your phone if you wish. And uh, and you're welcome to come to our meetings. Uh, we generally meet every first Thursday of the month. However, we've been meeting weekly here lately because we have something very important coming up next week called the election. So yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of work to do, and we've been uh, you know hard at it. Uh, we uh, 
Always need more help, more volunteers like any organization does, and uh, more hands like And it's not too late. I mean, yes, the oh, election yeah, is a week away, but there's still going to be a last-minute push for a lot of these candidates. Yes, we have our headquarters open here every day. We have people. We just had people come in this morning uh, Getting some asking signs. for signs, yeah. and uh, we have some left. So if you want one for your yard or more than one, uh, we're certainly happy to accommodate, and we'll even bring them to your house. Hey, Matt, we got to get some WCPT yard signs in the next election. <laughs> every time we do a remote like this, we'll make everybody take one, okay? All right. Richard, thank you so much. We are going to take a real quick break here, and we are going to get started with our candidates right after this. Stay on top of the latest news in and around Chicago with Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive, every weekday afternoon from 2 to 5 p.m. on WCPT 820. The family meeting. I don't want to wear pants. The pants are restrictive. You shouldn't force me to have to wear pants. But I'm a, I'm a confirmed nudist. Yes. I don't. I want to be butt naked. Can't force me to wear clothes. I can't get my my share of vitamin D because I have these clothes covering up my skin. Shirt. Right. That shirt is protect, preventing him from health. Right. Right. It's restricting my freedoms. <laughs> how, how damn stupid is that? Sundays at four. The family meeting is brought to you by Property Tax Solutions. If they can't lower your property taxes, you don't pay. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. Hello, this broadcast is sponsored by Grundy County Democrats, Kendall County Democrats, and the LaSalle County Democrats. As I said before, if you're in the neighborhood, we are at the Grundy County Democratic Headquarters. That is in Morris, Illinois. We're at the Heritage Plaza. If you find yourself in the neighborhood, please stop in and say hello and pick up a yard sign and do the good work. I am joined now by Ann Gill. She is on the ballot for uh, Grundy County Board. She is currently on the Grundy County Board, but um, she has an interesting background. She she is also a working journalist, and you know those two professions go hand in hand. And so what? In what? But most journalists will talk about you know. Well, if I were running for that, you know, this is what I would do. You're actually doing it. What? Yeah motivated you to to run or get on the Grundy County Board? It's it's actually a very interesting story from my perspective and maybe some others, but um, I received a phone call one afternoon and it was from the uh, a current board member who had called and just said, I, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm going to be leaving the county board. I'm going to be stepping back. I've taken a job at the time with... Um, Mary Kay O'Brien, who is the appellate court. And so she was going to go be working for the appellate court and the rules there where she could not hold elected office. And I said, oh, wonderful. I said, um, let's set up a time and I'll come and interview. And she, she said, no, Anne, that's not why I'm calling you. <laughs> she said, we would like for you to take my seat on the county board. Um, I'd always, again, always had a, a huge interest in government, followed it um, as a, a college student. I covered college government and you know, local government and state government. And I it just always had this interest in local politics. You're and a government geek. I, Let's I, am, face I it. am. Just call it what it is. <laughs> I am. And had met a lot of candidates. And so when they offered that, or, ex, you know, basically just said, you know, we'd like you to take this and we'd like you to think about it. And I did and took some time and talked to my, my employer and 
go for it. Just go for it. You know, and I'd always been told, you know, poli- you know, politicians, they, they can't be journalists. Journalists can't be politicians. Well, but, and you know, but I thought I brought an inter- interesting perspective to it. Politicians don't usually trust journalists or sometimes even like them very much. True. So the, true. do you know why they chose what was... What was the relationship you had or the qualities you had that caused them to reach out to you? I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Um, they, but they did reach out and they just thought that I would do a good job. And I had, I had worked with, um, you know, Mary Kay as, you know, when she was in private practice and she was from my community at the time. She was living in the community, so I knew her there. Um, her sister is someone that I knew from when I was in high school. She was, um, I was very active in a high school. So you'd been group. vetted for so a long time. I knew them. And, and so, um, and I also knew some of the board members that were um, instrumental in that, which included Mr. Joyce, you just spoke with, and um, Dick uh, Dick was on there, and Frank Halpin, who had been a, uh, on the county board for a long time, uh, ended up being a county board chairman here. So um, it was just a good, it was just a, it was an exciting opportunity that I took advantage of, and I have not regretted it one second. It's What's been, been the best part of the job? What the, the thing that you said, I've got to run for re-election yeah. because I have to keep doing this because of this. I think in, in the first the first re-election re- campaign was I'd only been on for a couple of years because I took that seat. And so I wanted to see where it would go because I really didn't have the time to really get into things. Um, and from that point on, there's always been something that I wanted to work for, work on, work towards. And um, we've, 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 we've been through a lot of things here. And um, Mr. Joyce talked about, you know, uh, downsizing and things like that and our our county has always um kind of steadily grown not rampant speed lately but has grown and we've welcomed new industry and new business and i love to see those things happen and do my part to help bring that forward and as he discussed you know within this past year last fall the the dresden station Mm -hmm. and, and the nuclear um the worry and i that's my district that's my home and uh, people in my community work at the plant. Um, my community is supported by the plant, our fire, our library, and our school district. And so um, working towards getting that and supporting that legislation and getting the people to support it was was a very big movement last fall, and I was very proud to be a part of that. So um, those types of things that I, I, I truly enjoy is making sure that the people in my district and the people all through Grundy County, because it's not just my small district that I represent. I represent everyone in Grundy County. So whatever I can do to make their lives better, make the county better, is I think is what drives me to to keep doing this after Many years. So, <laughs> no. Are you still with the Coal City Courant? I am. I am. So, um, covering local government and our schools and um, our football teams moving on to the next <laughs> round of the playoffs. So, hey, been, local sports. I love it. Sneeze yeah. at. We we just have a really um, our county as a whole. Our communities are very supportive of one another, um, and it's nice to see that. So, so um, are do you actually get out and report? For the newspaper, I do. I really? Do. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's we're very focused on local community events. What our govern, what our what our villages are doing, what our schools are doing, what the people in our community are doing. So everything from you know the local student that's you know 
participating in an all-state production for their musical or their football team or pretty much anything. We cover it, and that's what we're all focused on. We're focused on bringing... Um, bringing the local people the local news well and that's what's that's so important because you know um you know we all might subscribe to the big newspapers but the big newspapers don't have the interest or the personnel to cover hometown issues right you absolutely have to have local voices to do that right and there's nothing that there's nothing that can replace that i was telling you about dave hoekstra's new book where he focuses on Papers like the Coal City Courant and how important they are to their communities, probably more important even than the big ones, because he said, you know, what he found was, you know, the people who work for this newspaper, they're not just off in some ivory tower in big city. You're going to run into them at the local restaurant. You know, maybe you're going to see them at church, you know, um, and it's a, it's a much more intimate relationship. And in this era of fake news, people are much more likely to believe you, Ann Gill, the one who they see out and about on the street, than maybe some big fancy reporter for the New York Times. Right. Yeah, every day I go to the grocery store, I see somebody that I've done a story about, or um, you know, I drive down the street and I'm writing about what the project is for that week. Or um, and I, I went to when I went to college and, and got my degree in journalism. Um, I worked for the student newspaper. I was the editor there, and our motto there was tell the truth and don't be afraid, and I've lived by that forever. Um, so on the county board, what's one thing that you'd like to accomplish when you're reelected? When I am reelected, um, we, need to, we need to work very hard to strengthen um, our business and industry here. We, we have a lot, um, we have a lot of distribution centers and there are some projects that are in the works, um, that will bring some great business and industry, especially down to where my district is, which is in the, you know, the southern portion of the county. So that's, that's very important. And, um, Dresden, uh, station, as we just found out on Monday, Constellation has every, has announced their intent to uh, seek a 20-year license extension for the plant as well as the Clinton plant and working for that to happen is is also very strong because it's just such a generator um, Mm -hmm. for my community and the people that I represent. Well, Anne, I wish you the best of luck in your re-election campaign for the Grundy County Board. Uh, It sounds like You've got a real solid relationship with this community, and they've been supportive of you, and I I hope that continues for you. Thank you. you. I'm very lucky, very lucky. So thank you for having us. You're very welcome. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with more candidates right after this. This is WCPT 820, where you can hear the Stephanie Miller Show every weekday, 8 to 11 a.m., because facts matter. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. This broadcast is sponsored by Grundy County Democrats, Kendall County Democrats, and the LaSalle County Democrats. And should you find yourself near or in Morris, Illinois, swing by to the Grundy County Democratic Headquarters 
We are in Heritage Plaza, 100 Gore Street. I'm told that's the corner of I-80 and Route 47. That doesn't sound like much of a, of a corner. Uh, sounds like more like an exit ramp to me, but what do I know? Uh, anyway, if you find yourself in the neighborhood, please stop by. Um, I know that we are not necessarily talking about the news of the day today, but there is one little news item that is near and dear to my heart that I want to share with you. The Affordable Care Act, the open enrollment period is open yet again. It, uh, it just opened up again yesterday. It runs through January 15th. As somebody whose uh, life was saved by the ACA, I feel very strongly about this. And it is not always uh, easy to follow the dates of when it's open and when it's closed. So if you are currently insured under the Affordable Care Act, you can go look at the different policies offered and choose to upgrade or downgrade what you've got. If you have no insurance at all, please go to the website and see what they've got. Most of the plans there um, come with subsidies that will help you afford the monthly premiums. And even if you think you can't afford any insurance at all, Speaking from personal experience, I beg you to at the very least get a catastrophic policy because nobody knows when they're going to be in a car accident and nobody knows when all of a sudden they're going to find a lump somewhere and then they're going down the cancer road. So please, the Affordable Care Act, uh, open enrollment started yesterday. It runs through January 15th. Now, back to politics. Little detour there. I'm pleased to talk next to Jake Olson, who is also an incumbent on the Grundy County Board, uh, District 3. Jake, glad you could join us today. <laughs> so what do we need to know about Jake Olson? Um, lifelong resident of Grundy County. I live in Gardner, Illinois. I've been married uh, be 40 years in April. Wow. I have two, boy, two sons. They're both married, four granddaughters. Uh, my oldest boy lives in South Wilmington. My youngest son lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, one of the things that's uh, stuck out about you to me is you're a union guy. Yes. Talk I about am. that. Uh, I was in Local 75 for 36 years. I retired uh, eight years ago now. Um, matter of fact, I'm endorsed by Local 75, Carpenters Local 176, Operators Local 150, and the Will Grundy County Building Trades. And you were part of Laborers Local 75, right? That's where you worked? Yes. And what did you do as part of that union? What does that, what does that mean to be part of Laborers Local? Uh, organize, you know, organized union, um, very... What was the job you did day to day, day in and day out? It kind of work. Always kind of different. I mean, just depending on where you went. Sometimes I worked at the nuclear plants. Um, my career when I first started was working for small contractors, doing everything, mm -hmm. which uh, benefited me quite a bit. Learn you learn quite a variety of uh, the tasks you have to do for the rest of your life. That's one. I to me, that's one of the big pluses of being in a trade union. When I was, back in the days when I was a journalist, 
people would ask me, what do you like about it? And I said, it's never the same thing every day. You're going different places, you're meeting different people, and when I talk to people in the trades union, yes, you know, you work on these big projects, some of them last a very long time, but then you're on to the next one. You're not like going to the same cubicle with the same phone and the same computer day in and day out. I think that's a big plus. Did you enjoy that? I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, I had the chance when Caterpillar was hiring, I was already in the labor's local, and at that time, Caterpillar was the place to work. And uh, I talked to a friend of mine, and we both decided that uh, we would rather stay in construction. Um, it just I just couldn't see myself going the same place every day, touching the same machine, doing the same thing for years on end. I, 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 did enjoy, I do enjoy that, work, work in different places, different jobs all the time. Now, you're on the Finance Committee right now and the Election Tax Tech Committee. Talk to me about the work you do on the Finance Committee. Um, Keep somebody like from Richard Joyce from spending too much money? Is that, is that kind of what you that, do? That can't be done. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just checking. Uh, Dick was on that committee when he was on the county board. It, it is uh, watching the finances, how, how it's spent, how they come in, um, keeping a balanced budget all the time. Um, that that the finance committee is the foreseers of of the uh, finance, uh, all the money that comes into the county and goes out. And I'm also, um, like you said, the election and tax tech. But uh, I just two months ago took over as chairman for the land use committee. Ah, and what are you looking at? What is that committee looking at? Um, land use, uh, if. Say uh, somebody wants you got agriculture and they want to bring in a solar farm, it goes through um, zoning board of appeal. Then it comes to the land use and then it goes to the county board and we decide whether it's a good fit with the capital plan that the county has and also if it's you know going to fit with us and this is something that the county is going to benefit from. Um, Anything that's not in within the jurisdiction of a town, that's what uh, the land use takes care of for the county. You said if it fits in with the capital plan, what is that? What is capital plan? What does that mean? What's in the capital plan? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, capital plan is a plan that is uh, made up by, or not made up, it's devised by the county board, and uh, usually it's a five-year capital plan. And it's five to ten years, and it's what we want, what the mm -hmm. we see for the future, for the county to move forward, and what we anticipate or maybe see, you know, maybe the county moving forward in this direction or that direction. And, uh, you know, if... Try to figure out the best use for the people. Like, if I came in to, to talk to you and I wanted to buy up six farms because I thought I would wanted to put in an airport, that would be the kind of thing where you would try to figure out if what I want to do is best for Grundy County. Yes, if it, if it fit in with the plan and, it, and if it's going to benefit Grundy County. That's, that's the big thing. Is it going to benefit Grundy County, not just as you are buying the land and it's benefiting you because you're doing it probably to make some kind of profit, but the county has to benefit from this also. So that's that's what we and look at. And when you say benefit from it, I would imagine you're looking beyond just will it raise the tax base or or bring in more revenue, but also quality of life. Quality of life, employment. Um, you know, the more people we can employ in Grundy County from Grundy County is 
is the best for all of us. I mean, you know, you're putting your own people to work. I mean, that's that's the best thing we can do here. When I when I talk to people from from different areas, that's they want to they want to live in a place where their kids have a future. You know, if their kids want to move away, that's one thing. But they don't want their kids to have to move away because there aren't any opportunities. That's the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like you uh, said before, and I said I was in construction. I, You know, there's a lot of opportunities for that. There's factories here. There's chemical plants. Um, there's not, not everybody is college-bound. Mm-hmm. You know, and for the ones that isn't, there's a lot of opportunity here. And there's also opportunities for uh, somebody that wants to go to college, get their degree, their master's or whatever. There are big opportunities here in Grundy County, and that's what we try to move forward with more and more as we, you know, this uh, force. You can't foresee the future, but you try to. <laughs> well, if, we, if we could do that, we, we'd all be great. Oh, tell me about it. Um, I know you're on the ETSB board, but I don't know what that stands for, Jake. It is the 911 board, the oh. 911 center that is uh, south of Morris, out by 113 and, one, and uh, Route 47. What area do they service? Let me think now. <laughs> this is a trick question. <laughs> this there is will a trick. be a test. <laughs> uh Grundy County, Seneca, um, and they're affiliated with uh, Kendall County. We don't serve them, but we're affiliated with Kendall, and I think there's one other county. I can't think of it right off the top of my head. So as part of that board, what do you do? Oversee their budget as well? Oversee their budget, the the help in that. Um, The center just went there. They haven't went through it. They're in the process right now. We just had a setback. But we are going on to uh, next generation NG911, they call it, which is the future for 911 centers. And there's very few in the state that have done this so far. And we're one of the breaking grounds for doing this and what it's going to incorporate, not just landlines, but everybody's got cell phones. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be able to take those cell phones when that call comes in and that dispatcher will be able to pinpoint where they're at. If they're out in the middle of the field, we'll be able to pinpoint that, you know, maybe they roll their car over and they're stuck in it. Eventually, this will be able to tell cell phones, any kind of thing. They'll be able to tell where they're at. Wow. So it, it is. It's the next generation for 911. Is what it's and I would think especially here in an area where so much of the land is rural, that would yep. be particularly useful. Yep. It I will mean, be. you know, you like you say, you get in an accident out in the middle of nowhere, and there's not a landline handy. Well, and you better be able to tell the 911 operator where you are. A lot of people don't have 911s anymore in their houses, so it it is all going to cellular phone, and uh, you know, the it'll pick the GPS up on the cars, the vehicles, and all that now. So it, oh, it, it is, brilliant. yes, it is pretty interesting, and it's uh. It's just it's moving forward to the future. So, and we are one of the breaking centers to do it. Well, Jake, it sounds like District Three would be lucky to keep you on the Grundy County Board. Hope you win your reelection. And thanks for coming in to talk to us today. And where's the Thank chicken? You. I was told that you were bringing chicken. Did you not bring chicken? I didn't bring chicken. Oh, come on. Well, let's take a break. We'll be back with more, but no chicken right after this. 
Take Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive with you on the go by using the TuneIn app on your phone. Just search for WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. This broadcast is sponsored by the Grundy County Democrats, the Kendall County Democrats, and the LaSalle County Democrats. Um, we are located in Morris, Illinois today, lovely Morris, Illinois, at the Grundy County Democratic Headquarters in Heritage Plaza. So if you are in the neighborhood, please stop by. You can say hello and uh, pick up some great uh, Democratic uh, yard signs and posters and meet some of the candidates who are here. Speaking of which, speaking of which, Dave Stover, uh, Jake made him promise that he wouldn't make him look bad, but I'm sorry, Jake, that ship has sailed. I mean, you know, um, Dave Stover is a new candidate for Grundy, the Grundy County Board District 1. And a union member, uh, watch out, we will suck you into our union strong segments. We love, every month we, we spend time talking to people in different unions, and you've just now volunteered. You may not have known that, <laughs> but you're into public service. Yes. Talk about um, why you're running for the county board. What do you want to do? Well, the fact that uh, I grew up off the Renza Road just on the uh, Will County side, um, about four miles from the county line, and... Uh, Joe Vandine, a board member, actually reached out to my parents. Uh, they have a lot of development over there with the big box stores, as we know it. There's a railroad spur over there. And uh, they actually um, they bought, they purchased a lot of that land. And the, the Will County board member reached out to my parents. They actually went out and talked to him on his own time to make sure that they'd been done right with the acquisition of the land. And they, in fact, hadn't been. So it, it kind of inspired me to, to get involved in uh, how, you know, being one board member, doing their due diligence, doing their job could literally one change. One person can really yes. make a difference. Yes, you can. And I've always, like, been a leader, whether it be in sports, uh, in a craft foreman role. Um, you know, I've volunteered my time coaching youth sports, whatnot. I have teenagers that are older now. They're never at home. So <laughs> why, why not be involved, right? So. Good. What uh, sport did you coach? Uh, wrestling. Wrestling and football, youth football. So Okay. We're a pretty big sports town in Cool City. <laughs> and, you know, when we were talking in the break, you said part of what you want to see in government is just common sense. Yes. Talk about that. I mean, the big wedge issues, we don't, we, you know, thankfully we don't have to worry about most of them at the county level. Um, you know, People get so heated about politics in general, and believe me, this has been a really. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's been a learning experience of how how to deal with people in general and, and keep it calm. And uh, I think a people would appreciate if we both just come back more to the middle. And I feel like that's what can happen at the county level, and that's what does happen at, at the county level. So there's when you're when you're on a board. And the person um, who might be from the opposing party is also on the board, but they're also a neighbor. You know, there's exactly. somebody you see at the grocery store, exactly. and it it does it does make I think at the local level I think a lot more can get done in a bipartisan way. For sure. 
What are what's your passion? Most people I talk to who run for office, they want to generally, you know, tackle a lot of issues, but there's usually something that's near and dear to their heart. What's that with you? Well, my wife is an educator, so I learned way more about education than I ever thought I would, you know. Whether you want to or not. Exactly. And uh, she's encouraged me to, you know, to, and it's weird how the common theme is you get a lot of construction workers uh, with educators, and husband and wife, whatnot. And uh, she's realized that the trades have a lot to offer the kids and like what, um, I think I caught a bit of what Jake was talking about, too, is whether it's a petrochemical plant or um, the building trades. Um, and Grundy County has the GAVC, which is awesome. So I'd like to expand on that. What is that? That's the um, Grundy Area Vocational Center. And uh, so we were just talking, um, you know, there, there's the employee shortage, right? Mm-hmm. So And then compound that with skilled trades. Like a lot of the skilled jobs are even harder to fill because – you know, young young person might have a good work ethic, whatnot, but they just don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I'd like to get the apprenticeship the programs more involved. And like I said, uh, uh, Cope's over there. He does a good job. I know the, the pipe fitters. It's a big feeder program for him, whatnot. But just uh, promote skilled uh, labor, the building trades, kids that aren't necessarily geared towards college. Uh, my daughter's in the uh, criminal law section over there. Uh, wow. And she... Her mom's in education, but, she, you know, it scares mom going to law, you know, law enforcement, <laughs> but I think she wants to be a forensic detective, and it's just the, the fact that to have those opportunities at the local level is huge. You know, it's, it's very huge. And we were also talking at the break about how, um, you know, there's always these reports about, you know, people leaving Illinois, especially going to sunshine states, but Grundy County is gaining population. Yeah, we're actually, so I go to, I sit on the Will Grundy County Building Trades um, uh, Council, and we're the second fastest growing, we're in the top two, it's Kendall, or Kane, and then Grundy, I forget which two in what order, but, you know, top two, essentially, so I feel like we're at a pivotal point where if if we don't do things responsibly, the community, the county that we know and love, you know, uh, could go awry. But, I, I mean, like I said, I can't say anything bad about the board members we have because I feel like uh, there's a reason why we have the low taxes and, you know, the good schools and whatnot, and people want to come live here, you know. Now, what kind of um, conversations have you had with people like Richard Joyce or Ann Gill or Jake Olson who've um, been involved in politics a little bit a little bit longer? What advice do they give you? <laughs> Don't do this. Do that. Uh, so, ironically, uh, Dick Joyce is the chairman. He, he was my high school history teacher. So, um, I, and I always enjoyed his class, and had he not like maybe reached out to me or encouraged me, who knows, but... He always had my attention in class, and uh, just, you know, be you. Um, I've learned a lot from Jake. He's helped me out with he's, – he's so proactive, and uh, I didn't realize the amount of time that he puts in. <laughs> um, I will say that uh, I can promise uh, people who vote for me, I will show up to meetings, <laughs> and I will put time in, you know. Um, I don't start something I don't intend to finish. Now, you're still working as a union construction guy, though, right? Yes, yes. I'm an agent actually here in Grundy County, and um, the fact that I drive my county, I I see the progress every day. Um, I mean, I guess I have my finger on the pulse, per se, of, uh, you know, and like I said, these people that I see at the football games on Friday night, or they're the people I also see in my daily job and whatnot. You know, and it is community service. I guess people ask why. Why would you want to do that? And it's like, it feels good to give back. 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, my mom's uh, involved with the, the moose, and we did some things on uh, 4th of July, volunteered sometimes. We took them for a pontoon ride out on the river, and it was just community, the people that live on the river, they put it together themselves. But it feels good to give back, and I'm sure that the, the county board members at times when they accomplish something, there, there's a sense of pride there. Is there a particular committee that you'd like to be a part of once you're on the board? Well, being the newbie, where, wherever they think I'm <laughs> best suited. <laughs> You will be on the cleanup committee, uh, Dan. I'm sorry to tell you this right now, uh, but I had a word with Richard earlier, and it's not looking good. I'm not too proud to start off at the the entry-level position. So wherever they feel that I could be best utilized, I'm open to that. And when you first told your family you were thinking about this, what did they say? Especially the teenagers. What did they say? Well, you know, I guess we've always spoke about politics because, um, you know, it was important to me. It's a, my, my wife in education, I guess. Uh, I kind of always had a natural um, inclination to pay attention because I guess I know it affects my paycheck. It affects my mm-hmm. ability to provide for my family, the opportunities. And then my wife, even, you know, with a master's degree and now a doctoral degree, probably didn't realize how much politics affects her ability because, um, what's the state budgets and what um, they're willing to do for the, the programs they have to offer these kids, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the early child education, um, you know, the programs, preschool programs. So I guess it's just near and dear to us in general. And the kids, you know, they've, they've volunteered their time. They haven't grumbled. They passed out walk cards in the, the Corner Fest parade. Really? Uh, you know, kids, teenagers, they're, they're awkward. They don't want to be put in the spotlight. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think at some point um, – in life, they'll reflect on it and say, wow, that was, that was pretty cool. You know, I hope they do. <laughs> well, you know, they're teenagers. I don't think they would have done it. You know, they would have found a way to get out of it if they didn't feel that it was important and they didn't want to support you. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, we like to call it voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got a campaign staff of three already. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife's been very supportive. I, I, um, yeah, she's, she's awesome. And I'm sure that um, when you're elected to the county board, if there are education issues that come up, you have an in-house expert. For sure. And, you know, I was like, is there anything that I could sum up in the form of education? She said, I, I would just encourage people, if they're worried about what their schools are teaching and what's going on in schools, show up to a board meeting. You know, it's much like the county board. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there, you know. And if you have a question, voice your concern and get the – Get the the answer here from the horse's mouth per se, you know. Yeah, as opposed to from your neighbor two streets or over. Or social media, which mm-hmm. is so great for <laughs> for nothing. For, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for talking with us. I wish you the best of luck in your race. Uh, Dave Stover is going to be on your ballot. It is running in District One for the Grundy County Board. Um, District 3? Yes, District 3. Oh, where's Steve Lessman? He's going he's gonna to hear about this. It's oh, there will, be, there will be blood. Um, uh, District 3. Uh, so let's say it again because I messed it up. So District, District 3. Yeah, Dan Stover is going to be on the ballot for Grundy County Board. District, District 3, he's a union member, and he is somebody who's ready to give back, and I hope that Grundy County gives him the chance to do that.
Um, we are going to continue to talk to candidates. We are going to shift our focus when we come back to Kendall County. This is a live broadcast sponsored by Grundy, Kendall, and LaSalle County Democratic Parties. We are going to take a break for news and traffic with Lady B and be back with more after this. Yeah, thank you. Need a new social media account to follow for progressive politics? WCPT 820 is your best source for both progressive politics and programming. Give us a like on Facebook and a follow on both Twitter and Instagram. This is WCPT 820. Listen in Chicago on 820 AM or stream us live on WCPT820.com. The TuneIn Radio app or tell Alexa or Google to play WCPT. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. The reason that I listen to you from the infamous other side, you will call a spade a spade, and if it's indefensible, you will not defend it. And you know what? I can respect that. On WCPT 820. This broadcast of Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive, is sponsored by the Grundy County Democrats, the Kendall County Democrats, the LaSalle County Democrats. We are located today, our lovely remote is at the Grundy County Democratic Headquarters in Morris, Illinois. If you happen to find yourself in the area, we are at the Heritage Plaza. Please stop in and say hello to those of us here from WCPT and to all of the candidates who are joining us. Well, um, we may come back to Grundy County at the end, but right now we're switching gears and our focus is on Kendall County. Joining me now is the chair of the Kendall County Democratic Party, Beth Kramer. Beth, welcome, and thank you so much for inviting WCPT to talk to you and your candidates today. Yeah, thank you. So what do people talk about Kendall County? What's the, do we have our mic on? Okay. Um, what, give us the demographic breakdown of Kendall County. How much is urban? How much is rural? Who lives here? What do they do? Yeah, so um, Kendall County is, I, I think it's kind of a mix of rural and kind of suburban. Um, we, our largest towns are Oswego, Yorkville, Plano, we've got some Joliet, a little bit of Aurora is in Kendall County, and then we've got a lot of smaller uh, rural towns. Um, Kendall has grown explosively in the last couple of decades, Um, so we are a lot more diverse than we used to be. I think that historically people think of Kendall as being very rural and very red, um, and over the last several years, we've had explosive growth. So we have a lot of people coming in from all over the country, um, moving into uh, our county, and you know we're just a lot more diverse than we used to be, and a lot more purple or even blue. <laughs> and that's what we like to hear. Most of the people who are moving in are they coming here for particular industries or jobs? Is this or is this mostly a bedroom community for other fo- other places? Yeah, you know I think that a lot of people have moved into like let's say the Oswego Yorkville area, especially um, those towns have seen really large growth. Um, a lot of people uh, who even work in the city, just people looking for a nice uh, suburban kind of town to live in, a lot of young families, a lot of young people. In our county, we actually have a really huge base of uh, young voters 
who I've been hearing have been having a little bit of low voter turnout in early voting. So I would well, like you know, to I was say, just going <laughs> to jump in. You know, that's a big that's a big problem not only mm-hmm. here and throughout the state of Illinois, but throughout the country, is getting the younger demographic motivated to vote. Any ideas? Yes. On how we do that? You know, I think that we just. I think that, you know, I think that it's a problem for all demographics, but especially young people. I think I've been hearing people saying, you know, my vote doesn't count. Well, that is absolutely, we all know, that is absolutely untrue. Um, I mean, and in local races, we have had races come down to one or two votes. Every single vote counts. Your vote does matter. That's what people don't understand. You know, they may be thinking, well, you know, when you vote for president, you know, you feel like your vote's a drop in the bucket. But when you're talking down-ballot races, when you are talking local races, when you are talking county races, every single vote matters. Absolutely. Every single vote. And they add up. You know, you young people, you are a huge demographic. If you all come out, I mean, together we can do so much. And we all know Democrats can be a little apathetic, (laughs) especially in the midterms. But when voter turnout is high, Democrats win. So get out there and vote. Don't not use your vote. Absolutely. When voter turnout is high, Democratic candidates win and Democratic values win. Um, what do you think the elimination of a woman's protection through Roe v. Wade, what, do you see that motivating people to get involved, to, to vote? I, I do. I think that that is a, a big issue. And even a few of my more moderate Republican friends have said to me that that was something that really made them stop and think. And, I mean, we recently had, in Kendall, we recently did a reproductive rights roadside rally, and we had a big turnout, and we even had people just that happened to be walking by the park that we were at, Hudson Crossing Park in Oswego, see that we were out there and join us, and just, you know, came and said, yeah, this is something that's really important, I'm going to stop by and uh, join your rally. So I, I do think that's a big thing, and, you know, thinking of that, that's a really important um thing that we need to do is make sure that we're getting our democratic supreme court and appellate court justices voted in we need to vote for um in kendall county yes (laughs) in kendall county we need to vote for um judge uh liz rochford for supreme court and judge chris kennedy for appellate court because i mean here in illinois right now we have choice we have laws that protect our rights but if we don't elect Democrats to our courts, then we might not have those rights for much longer. I was talking to a state representative just yesterday um, who's been working on a lot of the protections for women that have been enacted in the state of Illinois, and I said, what if we lose those two Supreme Court seats in the second district and the third district? There is a Democrat versus a Republican running for Supreme Court. I said, what if we lose those seats to those radical Republicans? And she said... Game over. Mm-hmm. Everything we have worked for will be undone. The hard right Republicans will challenge it in court, and it, when it gets to the Supreme Court, they will agree with them. She said it will be, you know, we're so proud of Illinois, you know, what we've done and, and all of the way we have, all the ways we have protected women and their autonomy. She said, forget about it. It will be gone. Mm-hmm. If you vote for nothing else this election, Grab a ballot and vote for...
for those two judges. Vote like your life depends upon it. Yes. Because how you live your life does depend upon it. It does. Absolutely. And those those judge those judges are on the back of your ballot. So vote all the way through. Tell all the way through. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a big ballot this year. I got a mail in ballot and I, I, I was telling somebody when it I opened it up I thought I was taking an SAT test. It was <laughs> it was so lengthy. Now you were also with the Democratic women of Ken, Kendall County before you took over uh, chairmanship of the of the entire Democratic Party. Talk about the work that w- is being done by that group. Yeah, so um, I was one of the founding members of DWKC. I have been the treasurer since July of 2017. Um, You know, we started that group because we just really wanted to do a lot more in Kendall County. And, um, you know, we we started out really strong. It was 20, like, you know, leading up to the 2018 election, we hosted a bunch of uh, governor candidates. Um, We had a big... um, uh, forum for our congressional candidates. Uh, that was, of course, back when Lauren Underwood was running for the first time. Um, and so, you know, we got behind the, them, um, and we just continued on um, really hitting the ground running with DWKC. We we got so many volunteers, um, so many people joining um, our organization from the beginning, and I, I feel like a lot of those uh, volunteers that uh, were with us from the beginning of DWKC are now our best volunteers and our PCs in the uh, Kendall County, uh, the Democratic Central Committee. Um, and, you know, I think that DWKC also just, we did start moving toward doing some more social projects like, you know, doing rallies for reproductive rights and, uh, uh, you know, women's rights and all of that stuff. So, well, you must have done a good job since they moved you up to the big chair. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, the, our previous uh, uh, president of DWKC also was a prior Kendall County chair as well. So. Ah, there's a history involved there. <laughs> there is. So, for our listeners who've never been to Kendall County, what would you like them to know about it, this area, these people? I mean, I think that you know. Kendall County is a great place to live. You know, it's, it, we have beautiful areas, beautiful forest preserves. We're in Grundy now, so we've got to be careful. <laughs> That's true. Sorry, Grundy. You're also a great county. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's really a – I love Kendall County because it is, you know, the, it's like a small town feel. But then also, you know, we have access to, you know, the Chicago is n- nearby um, – We've got beautiful forest preserves. We've got beautiful parks. We have, you know, just a lot of really great people that live here. And I think a lot of people that live in Kendall County, you know, really, really care about their community. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of Democrats out here. <laughs> they always, I think that one thing that happens in Kendall County is that people think, I'm the only Democrat out here. And it's so, so untrue. Um, we were talking about DWKC before, and our previous tagline for DWKC was, Connecting the blue dots in Kendall County. Yes. Because that's the goal, right? To let everybody know you are not the only Democrat out here. In fact, five of your neighbors on this block are Democrats. So you just don't know it. And the more I, we know that we're all out there, the more we can work together. Mm-hmm. And but one of the women who started Indivisible Rural Illinois did it for the same reason. She said, I felt like I was the only Democrat. And then I realized that there were others. And we just, you know, we just sort of 
you know, felt that we were probably a minority, so we never spoke out and we never got together, and now we do. Exactly. The more that you know you're not the only one, you know that, you know, we're all working together, the more we can get done together. And I think that that has been happening in Kendall, and I'm just hoping that it continues to happen more and more. Well, Beth, thank you for inviting us to talk about Kendall County, and thank you for um, setting up some of our interviews with our candidates. We are going to take a break. Thank you, Beth Kramer, Chair, Kendall County Democratic Party. We're going to be back with some of the candidates right after this. Hey, Chicago, I'm Rick Smith, host of The Rick Smith Show. And I want to hear from you every weeknight from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on WCPT AM 820. Call in and be heard as we focus on the issues most important to working America. The Rick Smith Show, where working people come to talk. Weeknights, 8 to 10 p.m. right here on WCPT AM 820, home of Chicago's progressive talk. WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. This broadcast is sponsored by the Grundy County Democrats, Kendall County Democrats, LaSalle County Democrats. We are in Morris, Illinois at the Grundy County Democratic Headquarters, but we are now focusing on Kendall County and some of the candidates you will see on your ballot. If you have a mail-in ballot, you can pick it up right now and read along with us. If you're going to be going into the voting booth, whether for early voting or voting on November 8th, feel free to print out some of the names you want to remember. You can also print out a judicial guide. Um, there's a lot of question about whether or not anybody's allowed to use their phone. That's probably not okay in a lot of places. But papers, man, you can carry as many papers as you like into that voting booth with you. And I know because I've carried small volumes of books before, especially when there's a lot of judges. Now we are going to be talking to Heidi Henry who's a candidate for Illinois House District 75. Heidi, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. So just to be clear, District 75 is part Grundy, part Kendall, part LaSalle, and part DeKalb? And a little part, one precinct of Will. And Will, okay. <laughs> a little bit of everything yes. for everybody there. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, uh, you cover you cover all the bases. All of uh, we, well, we didn't get um, we did Will County a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but you're covering all the three counties that have brought us here to this broadcast today. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you have been living in the 75th district for quite a number of years. 32 years. <laughs> wow. What yeah. brought you here? We had a horse farm in Wheaton, uh, right at the corner of Geneva and President, which is a very urban area now, or heavily suburban, and we lost our zoning. So um, we literally took a map. My husband worked for the city of Naperville, and we drew like a circle because he had to be within an hour, and we wanted an excellent school system. We were looking for zoning that was uh, farm-friendly, and DuPage is not really that anymore. And we wanted something with a good structure, close to the interstate if possible. And we landed on uh, Seneca, Marseilles, and that's where we went. My kids, we moved out there so our son could go to Seneca High School. (laughs) 
So that was the whole driving force. And uh, LaSalle County had no zoning at that time. So we figured if they got zoning, we would be grandfathered in. Ah, so you brought the horses too. Oh, absolutely. What kind of horses on your farm? Well, we have a mixture of everything. We have, it's more what events do we do, but back then we had mostly quarter horses. Now we have a lot of different varieties because we have a boarding and training stable. But um, my daughter's a nationally ranked barrel racer. She's uh-huh. in uh, at Palmer College of Chiropractic right now, so she's not going to the Worlds this year. But she is a, a ferocious competitor, and we kind of pivoted away from what we were doing more into the gaming end of it. And... Uh, been very successful so it's really good that's wonderful and um your husband is retired from the brotherhood of electrical workers so union runs deep in your family too he was ibew 196 um he uh worked for the city of naperville for 30 years and was in that capacity he helped organize his workplace uh while we worked together (laughs) (laughs) to change that so he's retired now. So he's retired if now. you need to pick up the horse farm and move, you no longer have to be within an hour of Naperville. <laughs> we love where we live. We love it so much that last year we bought the house and five acres next to our farm just so we could have more of our little slice of heaven. So we we remodeled it because he's handicapped, so we remodeled the house to suit his needs and uh but very committed to this area. So that's why we you know, instead of moving in retirement, we just doubled down. <laughs> so in addition to the work, and trust me, I understand how much work um, yeah. having horses is uh, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you've also been involved with a lot of community groups, yes. the Democratic Party, and the Ottawa and Grundy Indivisible groups. I, I helped start both of those. Really? So, yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. Well... Uh, after the 2016 election, um, I went to bed that night, and my sister died overnight. And I like to oh. think of my sister Robin railing at the TV and going out like the warrior she was. Oh. <laughs> but she was a social worker, and she worked with age, uh, with the elderly in Michigan, and they had funding issues. And I know she was just super passionate about that. But it made me realized that as Democrats, we needed to do more. We needed to be more, and we needed a stronger voice. So before my feet hit the floor the next morning, I was determined to go to every Democratic meeting within an hour drive of my house. Now, I had been to the Grundy Democrats before uh, because I canvassed for Mary Kay O'Brien when she was in the 75th and for Pat Welch, who was the senator of the 38th, and uh, for other candidates over the years. And... So I had been here before, but I hadn't been here a long time. So I came back, and it was the same people, the same wonderful people with the same structure and the same purpose. And But by going to all those Democratic meetings, I got to meet more people, broaden my base um, a little bit, get to know more people. I had no intention of running for office then. But I realized that we needed a broader scope than just the Democratic Party. So we opened that up and became um, developed two indivisible chapters. And those chapters are now really um, absorbed by the local Democratic parties. But back then it was, they really can't do the rallies and the flag waving and the protests and stuff. As indivisible, we could um, do letter writing campaigns, use five calls, all of those things to to promote activism. At that time, we were all in the 16th 
uh, district, and we had to deal with Adam Kinzinger, who I know some of you feel is a hero. Trust me, he is not. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I admire the fact that he has taken a stand, yeah. but there is virtually no other vote he has cast that anybody who's a Democrat, let alone a progressive, would agree with. So I agree with you on him. I can admire what he's oh, doing yeah. in, within his own party. Uh, same thing with, with Liz Cheney. Uh, but you but know. His, his stance on women's issues, mm. on health care issues. Pretty much all of it. Issues that pertaining to anybody that is not a cis white male was never going to be uh, represented through him. And our voices, our collective voices, because every single person is different and unique, mm-hmm. needs to be heard. And that was uh, why, you know, a lot of it was Adam. I mean, I've been the one person protest out in front of his office over health care. You know, it just, it had to be done. And the Democratic Party had other things that they needed to do. That's why we formed the Indivisible Chapters to be able to do those things. And I think that people who have never been involved in politics, Mm -hmm. maybe joining a democratic organization. It feels scary. It is. It's too much. But you talk about an indivisible group. Well, Mm -hmm. those are my, that's my community. And those are people like me who don't like what they see happening. And it's, it's a, it's, it's a gateway organization. The first meeting that we had, we had Republicans that were disillusioned. We had Green Party. We even had a couple Libertarians and Democrats and people who had just never had anything to do with politics that were so outraged that we had elected this person and that it was he was elected using the Electoral College. He lost the popular vote, not once but twice. And we had to be able to make that change. Mm-hmm. There had to be something to steer that boat. So that's what we were trying to do. And the whole purpose was not to take over anything, but just to help advance the message because the message was stopping and it wasn't getting past Will County and we needed to bring it out further. So that's why we did it. Well, um, Heidi, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to uh-huh. be back with Heidi Henry, who's a candidate for Illinois House District 75, after we take a quick break. Facebook. Message us. Instagram. Follow us. Twitter. Tweet us. They keep me connected. Let's get social on the socials. WCPT 820. Listen to the Tom Hartman radio program every weekday from 11 to 2 right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Attention, everyone. Don't turn that dial. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive, returns right now on WCPT 820. This broadcast is sponsored by the Grundy County, Kendall County, and LaSalle County Democratic Parties. We are currently broadcasting from the Grundy County Democratic Headquarters in Morris, Illinois. So if you find yourself driving by the Heritage Plaza, pull in. We're pretty easy to find. We're a pretty noisy group here, and the door's wide open. So come on in and meet some candidates and say hello. Right now, I am joined by Heidi Henry. You are going to see her on your ballot. She's running for Illinois House District 75. We've been talking about her background and how, like many of us, 2016 was a year she decided she needed to do more in politics. Um, 
Heidi, I know that a lot of people who run for office have an area that they are particularly passionate about. What's that for you? Bottom line, equality. There should there should be codified equality for women, for everyone. People are are born the way they are, and it's not up to us to to judge, change, malign. Uh, or harm them. It is to allow them to live the lives that they've been given and to be the individuals that they are. I think one of the hardest things I hear from my opponent is the rhetoric about um, about women, about the, as he calls it, the slur of alphabet people, the fact that he would <sighs> harm them. I know, it's just, it's horrible because I keep thinking, you don't know enough people and you don't respect enough people. You don't respect life. Uh, if you think you liberty. don't know a gay person, then they're afraid to come out to you. Nobody should be afraid to be the person they are, whoever they are, however they are. They just are. And we need to just let people be exist in their own space and stop trying to change them. And for God's sake, quit persecuting and prosecuting them for just being that way. We're going through that with women. My, my sister, Lisa, said something to me really brilliant the other day. She said, you know, Heidi, anymore, uh, if you are evil to somebody, a person of color, or uh, to somebody in the LBGTQ plus community, there are laws to protect them and for them to be able to to call the police and say, hey, this happened to me. For women, we don't have that same protection under the law. We don't have that. So we are the new other. We are the other. We are the, the bad people right now. And the prosecution, persecution of women and, and projected prosecution for being able to control our own bodies is what's at stake here. Because when you see uh, what they're talking about, my opponent talks about not only should we not have reproductive rights, we shouldn't vote unless our husband directs us. <laughs> more and more, a lot of women don't have a husband to direct them. They have a different life that doesn't involve a husband um, for whatever reason. They, he doesn't feel that, you know, maybe property rights. And women destroyed the family values of our country by going back to work. I'm sorry that was Reaganomics that made every woman have to work to have a two-income household because we can't afford to do that anymore. Nobody, We can't be a one-income household any longer thanks to Reaganomics, not because of women. Women deserve to have the careers and the education that they want, the life that they want, and maybe it's dad that's going to stay home. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is you can't keep maligning us because of who we are and the lives that we have to lead lead a lot of times it's not the life that we choose but it's the path that we're on so just get the heck out of the way and stop this stuff i hate that we're so that women are are now the enemy of everything of the united states well, and if they're, if they're not the enemy the little ladies need to be guided and taken oh, care of that's why dr oz said that uh, when a woman is making a decision about her body it should be her her doctor and the local political local, politi- <laughs> local political leaders that's who should be making those decisions oh, we God. can't be trusted to make those decisions I, I on our own. apparently the brains that we were given are not good enough for us to be able to own and operate our own bodies or make our own decisions. And that type of rhetoric is going to get us killed, literally, because we've seen it happen to people of color. We've seen it happen to people um, in the LGBTQ plus community. We've seen it happen for every other 
that's out there. Now we're the other, and that's intolerable. That's intolerable. It is absolutely. It is absolutely intolerable. And I hope, you know, I've been watching who has been registering to vote, new mm-hmm. voter registrations, and in virtually every state, women have been registering to vote in larger numbers, mm-hmm. much larger numbers than the men of those states. Yeah. And I think that that you and I are not the only two who feel that this this isn't, you know, when you talk about abortion, you know, it's... It's not the science. It's not the religion. It is the government interference. You know it. It is the government interference. Yep. Get the government out of my doctor's office. Right. That it, is just so over the top. It's the largest government overreach I can think of. And, you know, it, it shows that this has tapped into something because at first it was, well, you know, this is just about state rights. Nothing's going to change. <sighs> But everything has changed, mm-hmm. and even Brian Kemp said, somebody asked him, well, if the state legislature in Georgia passed a bill and sent it to your desk that would ban contraception, what would you do with it? And he said, well, I'd sign it. You know, if the legislature passed it, I'd sign it. So it's contraception. Mm-hmm. It's in vitro fertilization. Mm-hmm. It is. It is just... I never thought my daughter would live in a world where she had fewer rights than I had. Listen, I wouldn't even have the daughter I have now. I have two children. They're eight years apart. They're eight years apart because of the miscarriages in between them and the DNCs that happened between them. Without that procedure, I would not have my daughter, Rebecca. She would not have been born because I would have died from septic shock. That's how that works when you have a miscarriage. And... The fact that there are so many people that would like to overlook that little factoid, you know, the the reason that we didn't decide to do in vitro is because of the cost. It's very cost prohibitive. But what what they're trying to say to us is this is all you get. Your life does not matter. Your rights do not matter. You don't have anything except what we direct you to have. That's not where any of us want to be. Most of the men don't want to be there. I know I'm married to a guy that is... Left of Bernie Sanders some days, but <laughs> I don't think that's impossible. <laughs> no, you haven't met Stan. So, <laughs> so but th- those are the things that are really important to me. The other thing is that we have to talk about a progressive income tax again here in Illinois. We have to really have that discussion. And the fact that we let uh, Ken uh, Griffin. Griffin, yeah, sorry. I was going to, I always want to call him Griffy, and that's the baseball player. <laughs> um, but the fact that we let him stir. Uh, steer that conversation cost every one of us almost thirteen hundred dollars because mm-hmm. of what he did, and the fact that the Republicans won't own that—they won't own the fact that their decisions, their railing against a fair tax for Illinois, a progressive income tax for Illinois, cost every single person, every single person, and these people can't afford that. They're making, you know, the fifty-eight thousand dollar a year. Uh, average in Illinois, but you know what? A lot of people don't make that much money, and they're paying more, and they can't afford it. And they want to decry the gas tax of 38 cents because our roads were in such bad, uh, bad shape. Because they say, "Oh, doubled the gas tax." I'm sorry. I live on a farm. I drive farm trucks, big farm trucks, big farm trucks with big expensive tires. I went through five tires in six weeks because our roads were so bad. So, do I want to pay another 19 cents a gallon for gas? Mm-hmm. to have the roads fixed, or do I want to buy another almost $300 tire? And, you know, Ken Griffith at all, Ken Griffin at, at all put 
tens of millions of 50, dollars. $54 million in it to make $51 million back in perpetuity. Now, he finally left our state, thank God. Well, but, you know, they're doing, uh, Republicans and conservatives are, are trying to also whip up a campaign of misinformation about the workers' rights amendment. Oh, I know. Because, you know, uh, the, they're saying, well, you know, it'll raise your taxes. In, excuse me. Show Have me you read it? Yeah, because if you, but there is some fuzzy math out there. I don't know, um, Illinois policy came up with, and Dan Proft came up with this, this lovely formula that ties it to real estate taxes. I'm sorry, that doesn't work. I mean, it, you can't connect those two. It's like oil and water. There's no way for them to mix. And having but it doesn't matter. The truth doesn't matter. No, what matters is getting these rumors out, getting people nervous, getting people scared, yeah. so that if they eventually, just like with the progressive tax, vote against their own interests. Listen, the progressive tax would have lowered my husband's and my tax load down to about 4.5% because he's retired. Uh, I'd take that any day. You know, over the $1,300 increase, right? But I know the facts have not mattered. I have this uh, discussion with uh, Republicans that like to come onto my social media, and when I bring the facts out to them, it inevitably uh, comes to a point where they threaten me <laughs> physically. <laughs> well, you, you Democrats, you know, you're going to do this and that. And it's like, you know, when you don't have an answer, you're either going to threaten to hurt me or throw Mike Madigan at me. Because that's what they do. When they don't have anything else to say, they pull out the name Mike Madigan and throw it at you. And it's like, sorry, he's gone and has nothing to do with any of this that's going on right now. Now, our Supreme Court right court races and by the way i'm running in where both mary Kay and liz are running so it's really great i've gotten to work with both of them off and on and uh know that they are the amazing people we need in those positions the amazing smart intelligent thoughtful women that we need in those places those judges not even that they're women but they're judges that are so clear-minded and focused on not just uh, reproductive law, but on all laws. They're just some of the most intelligent people I've, I've ever met, wonderful people. And those are critical races. Those are must-win races yes. for the state of Illinois, or the very character of our state will be at risk. And people forget... You know, this isn't just, you know, they'll be back in two years. When no, you vote for the Supreme ten. Court, it is a 10-year term. Yep. So not only will Illinois change in the short term, Illinois will stay changed for the long term. Oh, the fact that they were able to, again, this is the Illinois Republicans and the money that, that funnels, the dark money that funnels into them, were able to get rid of Justice Kilbride, who is a remarkable person, and we're able to get rid of him, yeah, in a voice that we really needed in our Supreme Court. Um, the smear campaign they put on that man, and he was a wonderful person and should have been retained. But that's the, the problem with the Supreme Court races is that the retention rate is usually really great. So if we lose these two seats... We don't get them back. It could be 30 years. Yeah. So we have to keep that in mind when we get out there to vote. If you don't vote, if you don't vote for me, make sure you vote for Mary Kay or Liz. But they ballot over. People <laughs> will vote for you. Heidi yeah. Henry, candidate for Illinois House District 75. Mm -hmm. Heidi Henry, remember that name. We are going to take a break. We're going to be back with more right after this. 
podcasts of Joan Esposito. Live, local, and progressive are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Just search WCPT 820. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. We are broadcasting live from Morris, Illinois today at Grundy County Democratic Headquarters. This broadcast is sponsored by Grundy, Kendall, and LaSalle County Democratic Parties. We are talking to candidates you are going to be seeing on your ballot one of those is Zach Bachman, Kendall County Board, District 2. Is it District 2? Because, you yeah, know, they've given me two. bad that's information me. before. District 2 is correct. District 2. First time running for office. That's correct. What yeah. inspired you? So I would say a lot of my experiences, uh, I graduated college just a year ago. So a lot of my experiences, I actually lived in another state during the pandemic briefly. I interned in Texas and getting to witness that firsthand kind of very much largely motivated me to start getting involved. So once I moved back to the area, I started volunteering, canvassing, uh, joined the local Democratic Party, and then eventually that escalated to me running. Um, yeah, Texas, that would be like a, a cold shower. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> the complete tonal opposite of Illinois. So there was practically no COVID policy. It was insane. Yeah. So um, you are a software developer? That's correct, yeah. And um, tell me what is involved in that work. So I work for a digital consulting firm, and what I do is help build websites for large companies. So I could, you could classify me as a web developer. So you're one of those people that everybody in your family calls when there's a question about their computer? Yeah, it's not just uh, my family anymore. Now the Dems, I'm their dedicated tech support. Uh, they, they tell me I can't miss a meeting. Oh, God. that's So, uh, you know, one of the um, big issues, one of the things that Governor Pritzker has wanted was, and, and Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, has been to expand broadband access. We saw during the pandemic how crucial this can be. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the world is becoming more and more connected. The Internet is how many people do their jobs, how many people order groceries, how students learn. And it is so important that everybody in Kendall County and really everywhere in the United States, regardless if they're in a more rural area or more urban area, has sufficient access to Internet. It's an omnipresent part of everyday life. And being able to expand broadband is not just for individuals. It also benefits businesses. That is infrastructure that businesses depend on to function as well. So everybody wins if you expand broadband. Are there, uh, does that expansion need to take place in Kendall County? Yes, actually. So the county is currently making efforts. So that's something that I'm really passionate about and something that I want to continue effort towards. The county is making a lot of efforts. They've done investigations. They've hired uh, consultants to tell us what we need to do, but I'm afraid if new leadership gets in, that may not be continued. And so, yes, it is a desperate need. I've been going to these town halls um, where they actually speak to a lot of people, and it's the people who need it the most, who live in more rural communities. They can't always go out and about to go get groceries, who need that extra length of communication to get their stuff done. What do When you've been to some of these meetings, what do people say about this, or what are the questions that they have? Oh, they basically are just there to say, hey, I don't have sufficient internet, internet access. And it also is more expensive. They pay more for less. Really? We're talking about in some areas in Kendall, they have like four megabyte download. Uh, I don't know what that means. So some quick math, you probably have better download speed on your phone on cellular in a cornfield than some of these people in Kendall. Wow. 
Um, well, it's a, certainly a problem that, you know, I think people kind of sort of knew it existed, but when the pandemic hit and we were all so dependent on it, it was like, you know, it's untenable. It's untenable moving moving forward for people to function. And I thought I think it's interesting that you also pointed out this isn't just for, you know, people sitting at home wanting to help their kids with their homework. This is a business. There are business reasons to do this. Yeah, so that's another thing that uh, I want to talk about. So if you knock on any door in Kendall, ask them the issue that bothers them most, it is property taxes. And a big reason for that is because we don't have business development that matches our population. We're the largest growing county in Illinois. Not that long ago, we were the largest growing county in the entire United States. Really? Yes. So... We've grown a lot, but we haven't had the business development to match that. And that's why a lot of things are a little bit stretched thin. And at a time where more and more people are struggling, if we can lessen the burden of property taxes by bringing business development and infrastructure development to Kendall, that would lessen the burden that a lot of people face day in and day out. What kind of business do you think could be relocated or recruited to come to Kendall? Really any. Uh, just to talk about one and how significant just one signal business is. In Yorkville, forgive me for not remembering the company off the top of my head, there was a warehouse that is currently in development. That one warehouse, that one business development is going to accrue $3 million of property tax revenue every single year. Every resident of Kendall is going to feel that difference when they pay their property taxes. That's one business. So... It doesn't really matter, like, any business. As long as it is represented and brought to Kendall, that has a huge impact. And this is an area where you think there just simply hasn't been the leadership or the focus? Uh, I would say one of the biggest things is we don't have a business development representative or a lobbyist representing us in Springfield. I think that's something that the that Kendall County could do, a person that we could appoint, a role that we could create to have a dedicated person to represent our interests and bring that business and development to Kendall, like I was saying. Like, for instance, um, the infrastructure bill that was passed at the federal level or Build Back Better, I mean... You need somebody saying, hey, Kendall County needs a slice of those pies. Yeah, exactly. And we're hoping to get some of that for broadband expansion as well. And um, how are your ideas being received? So, like I said, broadband is it's something that you can't ignore anymore. It's, like I said, Internet is everywhere. It's how you connect to the outside world. And... People have realized that, regardless, young or old, senior or, or in high school, people realize how important it is to have sufficient Internet access. So people are responsive to needing that expansion. They want it. And same with business development. Like I said, every door you knock on in Kendall, the thing that matters most to them is, hey, property taxes. Like, I'm being stretched thin because of this, plus inflation, plus everything else going on. This is something that we can directly address by bringing business development. Any solution pretty much in Kendall is, as it pertains to solving the property tax problem, is encouraged. People are into it because it's been a problem for a long time now. I know that it's something that has to happen, but what kind of a timetable are you talking about? How quickly, if the right political leadership were there, how quickly could some of this happen? How quickly could businesses be recruited? That's a very good question. I think, as you said, it depends on the representation that we get. We're hoping to get a um, few Democrats back on the board and also um, to continue uh, their representation. And could you repeat the second part of that question that you asked me? Um, um, just 
is oh, it how the leadership turntable? And, Correct. And yeah, how yes. fast could it so turn around? So as it pertains to broadband, I think we're talking like a few years. It really just depends on getting the funds. We really just need the funds to start digging and getting that work done. And then as it pertains to businesses, that really is kind of like the same thing. It could be a quick turntable, a few years, if we have the right people in the right place. And uh, has anybody said to you yet, uh, Zach, if you get on the uh, Kendall County Board, maybe you you should go to Springfield and advocate for us? <laughs> I have not heard that yet, no. <laughs> when you've talked to other, other people in the Kendall Democratic Party, uh, as I asked uh, one of the candidates before who's running for the first time, did they give you any advice, things to do or not to do, or ways to work your campaign? Yes. The Kendall County Dems have been very, very helpful in advice, in providing uh, resources. I mean, shout out to Beth and really the entire uh, Kendall County Dems. They've been extremely resourceful. And, yeah, any time I approach someone, I'm like, hey, I'm curious about this. I've never done something like this before. And there's a lot of learning as a part of it. How many meetings have you gone to and how many doors have you knocked on? Ooh, <laughs> well, I try my best to make it to every Kendall County Dems meeting. I have not been able to make it to all of them. The, mo- the morning ones are a little difficult to make uh, with my Because you job, actually apparently. have a job. Yes, yeah. I, I am currently It's in the working. way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, honestly, employment. Um, yeah. It's a pain. Uh, but I try my best to make it to every meeting. I've been also, um, there was, I live in Montgomery currently, and there was a planning and zoning committee uh, meeting that I was a part of that was really cool and interesting to hear a lot of people voice their concerns uh, as it pertains to the Boulder Hill area. So I would, and then you asked me about doors. I would say in October I knocked well over a thousand. And what do people say to you? I mean, you talked about their concern about property taxes. What else have they have they said to you or shared with you? Oh, the thing the thing I get a lot is how old are you? I get that a lot. Um, people are saying, you know, I'm really happy. Basically, I give them exactly what I talk to you about, like things that I envision for Kendall County, things that I want to help implement. And most people are genuinely very excited and are tell me deliberately, I'm very excited to vote. I'm very excited to vote for you. How nice. How nice. So the age thing is not, you know, it's not really holding you back. At oh, point. no, no, not okay. at all. Okay. If anything, it excites people. Really? Yes. They hear, oh, you're 24 and you're running? That's awesome. Go you. Well, you know, uh, there was a time when I would have said, you know, oh, it never happened. You're going to have to pay your dues. But I've been talking to a lot of candidates who are on their second and third elected office at, like, the age of 29 or 30, and I'm like, how did how did you know? I mean, this clearly is very uh, something that you're very passionate about. Have you always been passionate about this? I would say it's been something that I've thought about, and as it's as I've gotten older, especially, um, I would say my time. I kind of mentioned in Texas in college was fundamental, paramount even to my development as a person and what I value and what I want to do, and that led to me doing this and pursuing this. I didn't always envision running. It kind of just manifested, and I'm really excited about it. Well, I wish you a lot of luck, and I admire what you're doing. I mean, for some of us of a certain demographic, it's, you know, it's like we voted and we didn't do much in between, and we learned that lesson the hard way, that that was not how to be a good Democrat. And I'm so I'm so glad that someone like you has learned that lesson so much earlier. And I know you're going to do great things. Zach Bachman is on the ballot, Kendall County Board District Two. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. We're going to take a break for news. We'll be back with more after this. 
social media account to follow for progressive politics? WCPT 820 is your best source for both progressive politics and programming. Give us a like on Facebook and a follow on both Twitter and Instagram. This hour of Joan Esposito Live Local and Progressive is brought to you by Team Hochberg. If you want to buy a house or refinance a house, call 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. Joan Esposito, Live Local and Progressive on WCPT 820. We are in Morris, Illinois today at uh, Grundy County Democratic Headquarters. This broadcast sponsored by Grundy, Kendall, and LaSalle County Democratic Parties. Before we move on to our next interview, though, I have to really uh, thank Lady B, who's doing an amazing job with traffic today. And you know, Lady B, Mark Pinsky is here, and he has said that there's going to—you're getting a huge raise because you are doing such an incredible job with the traffic. <laughs> I'm sorry, we can't hear you, Mark. Be quiet. Um, so let's move on. We are moving on to the third of our favorite counties, LaSalle County. Carolyn Moore is here. She is on the ballot. She is running for LaSalle County Board, a District 9, but she is also here to tell us all about LaSalle County. Well, Carolyn, thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you. So, what do we need to know about LaSalle County? Well, unlike Grundy and Kendall County, we are not growing population as quickly as they are. Um, there are probably several reasons for that. Um, part of it is because we are a farming community, and I mean a real farming community. I would say 75% of the industry is agriculturally related, at least, um, in LaSalle County. Uh, which makes it a very red county. Um, it's uh, Michael Frerich spoke at our drawdown recently, uh, and he said it's time that Democrats stop doing this. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> and hiding the fact, uh, because as many of you said, there's many of us out there we're just not very vocal about being a Democrat. Uh, we are trying very hard to bring industry into the area, and we have some wonderful reasons to come to LaSalle County. Uh, one of them is uh, the interstates that run through LaSalle County are intersecting in many places. Route 39 intersects with uh, 80. Um, other uh, large interstates come into our county as well. So working on increasing industry that is not agriculturally related is part of what LaSalle County is focusing on. The other thing is tourism. We have Star Block. It is one of the premier parks in the country, and millions of people come to visit our park uh, on a yearly basis, and continuing to increase that kind of visibility out in the community beyond LaSalle County, because we get people from other countries who come to Starve Rock to visit. As a matter of fact, um, one of my jobs uh, with the LaSalle County Democrats is I am the voter registration chair. I asked permission, which I got from the governor um, and the state, to put up a voter registration table 
at the Starve Rock Lodge a couple of years ago, actually in 2020, and people who were coming through to visit, it was over the 4th of July weekend, could actually register to vote right there at Starve Rock. And I had many people from Germany, Australia, (laughs) who would come in and said, I wish I could register to vote (laughs) and help you Americans out because I think you needed it this time. And that was in 2020. So uh, there are many reasons for coming to LaSalle County. We live in LaSalle County. My husband and I have 55 years. We've lived in Dimmick, which is a farming community, for the last 45 years. And we wanted a place to raise our children, a place that had the values that we believe in, and we wanted space. And we found all of those in the small community of Dimmick, which has one of the highest rating schools, actually. Really? uh, In the state, yes. Very progressive. And we see a lot of new population moving in who are moving there because of the schools. So... um, that's kind of a little bit about what LaSalle County is. In a lot of areas that are predominantly rural, there's a sort of a place where people gather. Sometimes it's a church, sometimes it's a coffee shop, sometimes it's a, a restaurant. Is there a place like that in your area, especially in Dimmick? Well, Dimmick is not it's actually the feed store. <laughs> right. uh, Dimmick is not actually a town. Okay. Um, LaSalle and Peru are. Uh, the where are closest to me where I live. Ottawa is our county seat. Um and Get those skydivers well, there you go. Know, boost that business. That's right. They Jackie be... Bang is there more often <laughs> than you know. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Uh I would say that for the farmers anyway, they have in each of their own little communities they have their little space mm-hmm. to go to. And they almost always listen to the farmer radio station. So uh, we have been working to get our message out, particularly my message, uh, on that station because that's the audience uh, that will be voting uh, in November. When you when you get an opportunity to be on that station, um, what is it that you try to communicate to your um, fellow constituents. Okay. Uh, personally, I communicate the importance of voting. Actually, yesterday I made my first TikTok. Oh, my. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I've never made one of those. Um, and uh, somebody told me that it was a bit outdated because I used a character doll called Mr. Bill. Remember from Saturday Night Live, Mr. Bill. But in this TikTok, um, I introduce myself and I introduce Mr. Bill. And then I have Mr. Bill reading a book. So I say, Mr. Bill reads. And then I show Mr. Bill with his hand pointing to his forehead. And then I say, Mr. Bill thinks. And then I have Mr. Bill pointing to the poster that says, exercise your right to vote. And I say, then Mr. Bill votes. Please be like Mr. Bill and vote. So it's um, apolitical, if you will, but it's encouraging people because I think at this point in time, 
The majority of people out there have made up their minds about who they're going to vote for. Now it's time to get them to the polls. And that's really been what I've been working on and LaSalle County has been working on diligently. Lauren Underwood actually was um, at an event last Saturday uh, in our headquarters in Ottawa. And she had with her, some of you may remember this person, his name is Bowser. He's part oh, from Shawnana. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to show my answer. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Who is oh, that? I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to explain for Tim back uh, okay. here. I have no idea who Shawnana is. Okay. Well, you want He's a very, he, he's an advocate for Social Security and actually the spokesperson for them. And, really? and something I'd like to say, like, to the world is if you don't think Social Security is on the ballot this time, you are totally mistaken. Read what the Republicans have written about what they think their platform should be. Mm. And their platform talks about getting rid of Social Security or at the very least making it 70 years old before you can collect and getting rid of Medicare. Franklin D. Roosevelt is rolling over in yes. his grave. Yes, indeed. and uh, of all the programs, and Bowser talks about this, Social Security is the one that has been most successful in this country. Most successful. And I don't see a face in this room who would like to give up Social Security and Medicare. And I believe that's true of 99% of the people out there who aren't bazillionaires. Yep. I couldn't agree with you more. So. And, you know, why Ron Johnson has decided oh. now is the time in Wisconsin to speak out against these issues. I mean, does he not know we old people vote in vast numbers? And that, you know, Social Security, that's like the third rail of politics. You don't touch it or you die. Well, apparently he's ready to die. Yeah. <laughs> let's maybe we can assist him with that. Uh, let's take a break. Um, Carolyn Moore and I are going to be plotting murder and other things. In break. We'll be back with more after this. <laughs> can't listen to Joan Esposito. Surely you can't be serious. Live, local, and progressive in your car today. I am serious. And don't call me sure. Don't fret. You can still listen to her on the TuneIn app on both your phone and computer. Whoa! You feel that right away. Oh. It's just refreshing. Around the Town Chicago with Al Besla. I never enjoyed opera if I didn't listen to the album. And I could read the libretto with it so I saw what they're saying in English. And then when I went, it made sense. When I went without that, when I was in school, they took us to the opera. I think I took naps, flirted with some of the girls around me. I don't think I was paying attention. No one did back then. When the minute the music started, eyes closed and we fell asleep. Sunday afternoons at 2 on WCPT 820. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. This broadcast is sponsored by the Grundy, Kendall, and LaSalle County Democratic Party. 
None of them espouse violence, and neither does WCPT. There is no candidate, no matter how reprehensible, that we would wish violence upon. We are simply going to vote them out of office. I just needed to clarify that because apparently I got a little carried away last segment. I am joined by Carolyn Moore. Uh, You can find her on TikTok at 1967Math, M-A-T-H. She is a candidate for the LaSalle County Board in District 9, and we have been talking about LaSalle County. It is time to talk about Carolyn Moore. Tell me about yourself. Well, um, I'm a retired mathematics teacher, consultant, and author. I worked for a McGraw-Hill publishing company for 27 years and traveled to all 50 states and 20 countries, keeping people awake while talking about math. (laughs) Uh, So I feel I have quite a, a large experience as far as people, working with people, diverse people, um, and my love of math, I believe I can bring to the county board in hopefully the finance committee and help them make some really good decisions about uh, being a watchdog of revenue and of paying out that revenue. Now, you've got a couple of very successful careers under your belt. Mm-hmm. You're a new candidate this time around. Mm-hmm. What made you wake up one morning and go, you know what, I think a third career or a fourth career is in my future. Okay. I'm going to run for office. Well, 2016, as Heidi mentioned earlier, was uh, actually physically an awful day for me. Um, I went to the doctor a couple of days after that election day and my blood pressure was at like 245 over 185 and he made me sit in a corner and be quiet until <laughs> the ambulance came oh my. Uh, uh, but uh, I was angry I was so angry my body was reacting to that anger so first I was angry and then I complained and then I marched and then I protested and finally, I'm running for office. And so that's where I'm coming from. I know that it's a local office, county board, but as everybody has told me, it all starts at the grassroots level. And thinking about the county board, what they stand for, what they do, I believe I can be an asset to the group. Um, because of my background in education, that's one of my focus points. I am a graduate of many universities, but I started at IVCC, which is the Illinois Valley Community College, which is located in LaSalle County and is accredited really across the nation. Um, you can take your two-year, two-year degree from IVCC and go to any four-year institution and immediately pass all your general education requirements. So that's a real feather, I believe, in our cap. I also, because of my belief in voting, I really want to make sure that our elections are fair and our elections are believable. There's no fraud. Um, And again, every vote counts. And if you're not sure about that, in Brazil, 
the new president of Brazil, Lula, that's right, who is a Democrat, they call him left, but he's a Democrat, um, he won by 0.04% of the vote. So if you don't think every vote counts, just check on that. And I am a huge pusher of getting people out to vote and belong to the group in Illinois called Ill Vote with uh, Lenny. I don't know if you know her, but she's a very strong advocate about registering people to vote and getting people out to vote. So those are my focuses, plus one more, if I may. And you that may. is... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, there's a nursing home that's run by the county, and it uses county tax dollars, and of course it's not profitable. It's a nursing home. But here's what it does. It allows us to help the neediest and most vulnerable people in our county. The people who cannot afford a nursing home that is privately run. Because they limit the number of Medicare and Medicaid beds that they allow. Having this nursing home in LaSalle County, I believe, makes us the human element for the county board to keep it running. So I would like to see that continue. That alone is um, a cause worth running for. Um, what else do you want to accomplish? We've talked about that we need to promote Starved Rock better yes. mm -hmm. and bigger, uh, maybe try to bring some industry in, certainly keep the nursing home running. Mm -hmm. Not that that's not enough right. on your plate, <laughs> but is there anything else that you're looking at? Oh, one of the things that I wrote for the newspaper when they asked me, you know, what are three things, objectives that you would have, was to... Um, create a plan for uh, increased communication between the county board and the public. Yes, we have radio. Yes, we have newspapers. But uh, we need another element in there, and it may be social media, um, that gets the information out. And the reason I say that is I've attended every full board meeting, even though I'm not a member of the board yet, I haven't been elected yet, for the last 13 months. Since last September, I've been at every full board meeting of the county board, and I've also uh, sat on numerous committee meetings as well. I wasn't going to run for the job unless I knew what the job was, and I wanted to find out what things were happening. The federal government allocated LaSalle County $21 million dollars in um, the American Relief Plan. It took the 29 members of the county board until just a couple of weeks ago to actually disperse some of that funds. Now, I'm not saying it's because they weren't, I mean, they were thinking about what they were doing, but it seems to me that perhaps we should do a bit more research and facts about this before we bring it to a county board for a full county vote. But we also, there were so many charities and nonprofits that had no idea 
that this money was available. And that broke my heart. And so I went to them individually, told them about it, helped them fill out the applications, and now I'm working on a um, list of resources that nonprofits and um, charities can tap into that are grants so they don't have to pay it back so that they can better run their organizations. You can have all the programs in the world. doesn't do you any good if nobody knows about them and that's knows right. how to apply for them. That's right. Carolyn, that's great work. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for running for the Sal County Board. District 9, District Carolyn County. Moore, TikTok, 1967 <laughs> math. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with more right after this. Thank you. Need a new social media account to follow for progressive politics? WCB BT820 is your best source for both progressive politics and programming. Give us a like on Facebook and a follow on both Twitter and Instagram. Information is power. Stay informed to know what's going on. Staying informed gives me the power of knowledge. I wake up. I need to know what happened. I turn on the radio. Because information is power. WCBT820. Where facts matter. This is Joan Esposito. Live, local, and progressive on WCBT820. My broadcast today is sponsored by the Grundy, Kendall, and LaSalle County Democratic Parties. We are broadcasting live in Morris, Illinois. And I have a correction. I made a mistake. Carolyn Moore's TikTok, which you should have written down, uh, just scratch that. It is 1967 Moore, her last name. So uh, 1967 M-O-O-R-E. That is how you can find her on TikTok. And I, for one, will be looking uh, later tonight. I'd like to introduce you to another candidate. Pamela Beckett is running for the LaSalle County Board District 18 President. Um, and joins us now, Pamela, welcome to our little broadcast here. Thanks for coming out. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Now, we were talking in the break, and you said that you have uh, really come from the world of nonprofits. Talk about your work there. Correct. So I originally started my career just really briefly, if you know the white building for Metropolitan Life right near the Fox Valley Mall. So when I was 27, I took a transfer from Dayton, Ohio, MetLife installation to that installation. I spent 18 years in the insurance industry, and my husband and I were transferred or chose to transfer to Peoria, Illinois, to be closer to Caterpillar. And so at that time, I was leaving um, an 18-year career. There was no Metropolitan Life installation in Peoria, so I have started to apply for nonprofit organizational work. And lo and behold, one of my favorite nonprofits, the Easter Seals organization, had an opening for someone in their development department. And I thought, well, this is great. I'm just going to, you know, I was like 38 years old with two little kids. I'm going to stand on the golf course, and I'm going to take in money, and I'm going to go to the gala, and I'm going to go around and take in more money, (laughs) and it's going to be a great career. And I was just thinking, I'm going to put my for-profit hat off, put a nonprofit hat on. But in a very short period of time, word kind of got out that I came from the insurance industry. And so within a matter of three or four months, I became the head of the um, medical billing department to bill for services that were covered by insurance for special needs children, but also to spend time looking for additional dollars for to cover the gap between what insurance would not pay and what the parents were able to pay. And that really... Um, just got into my heart and my soul. I come from a very giving, loving family. 
Um, my parents always gave money to different organizations when they could, but we donated a lot of our time and service, um, even when we were little kids, to different, you know, Catholic youth organization, football games, and, you know, selling stuff. So um, it, it really spoke to me and to get back into the giving arena. And so um, looking for funds to support parents that otherwise their children would not receive services just mm-hmm. became really important to me. So before long, um, I became the senior vice president of client financial services, and then I had the astronomical opportunity to become the CEO of the smallest Easter Seal affiliate in the country, <laughs> which was the Easter Seals of LaSalle Bureau in Putnam Counties, located in Ottawa, Illinois. So I relocated to Ottawa, and um, that was 22 years ago almost. And um, I stayed with the Easter Seal organization for a very long time. And we did some really great things as one of the smallest Easter Seals, or the smallest Easter Seals at the time. We were one of the first ones to start a freestanding autism resource center in Ottawa. And I actually flew to Spokane, Washington, purchased a bookmobile for $5,000, which most people not our age have absolutely no idea what a bookmobile <laughs> is. And my husband and I drove a bookmobile back from Spokane empty, which rattled like you could not believe with no books on those <laughs> shelves. And we outfitted that as a mobile autism resource center. Mm. And as Carolyn mentioned before me, we are in extremely rural counties. And just to be able to bring services to the homes of autistic children um, made such a difference to their parents because they really were not even able to access the few services that were available. Many of these parents just couldn't get out. They, you know, they had four or five other children perhaps, or sadly the behaviors of the child living with autism just did not make it possible to visit a resource center. So we created that. Um, And I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed every second of my career with Easter Seals. However, um, I was approached by a nursing home, not our beloved county nursing home, but a different nursing home in Ottawa. They were in the same boat, and they were about to close their doors, and it was, again, because you have about 70% of your clientele paying about 30% of their bill, you know, and they with help through all the social service avenues, but these simply these organizations could not remain open particularly well. So they asked me if I could create a foundation for this nursing home, actually in conjunction with Lutheran Life Communities out of Arlington Heights. And so I became the first regional director of the foundation for Pleasant View Nursing Home. And um, during that time, um, well, let me back up for just a second. So the only reason I really was willing to leave Easter Seals, and they approached me, and I said no initially, But in the summer between March when they asked me the first time and September when they asked me the second time, my father died of Alzheimer's and my mother decided to give up our family home and go into independent living. And all of a sudden I thought, maybe my lifetime now, because by that time I was much older, and I thought, you know, maybe my destination now or maybe my talent should go towards working with special needs adults instead of special needs children. Because I'd kind of outgrown my own board of directors. Most of the people we wanted to get on the board at Easter Seals were much younger because they were parents of young Mm -hmm. children. So I um, took the position of the foundation director um, at Pleasant View Nursing Home. And um, actually, when I turned 62, uh, my husband and I decided to jump off the proverbial cliff and create the Starved Rock Country Community Foundation. 
um, LaSalle, Bureau, and Putnam counties were three of a very small smattering of counties throughout the state of Illinois that did not have a community foundation. And if you're from Winnetka and the individuals here from Grundy County, Grundy County has a community foundation. I'm certain there's a uh, North Shore or Winnetka community foundation. We did not have that. And um, ever since I got that very first job at Easter Seals, I just felt like I someday could create a larger resource to benefit many, many more uh, charitable organizations than just the ones I was serving separately. Explain to me this community uh, foundation and who it serves and what it does. Okay, so a community foundation is very similar to a, fun a foundation at a university or a hospital. So U of I has a foundation, Northwestern Hospital has a foundation. A community foundation, instead of being entity-specific, which only serves that one entity, it serves a geographic area. And several community foundations are simply for one county. So in Grundy County, for example, it's the Grundy County Community Foundation, DeKalb County Community Foundation. We needed someone to take in on more than one community foundation, or community for our foundation, because we're smaller our total population in three counties is about 130,000. And and we're so rural and we're so spread out. So it really took someone um, that loves to do outreach, which I do, and had a strong background in nonprofit leadership, which at that point in time I had about 21 years in nonprofit leadership. And I just thought, you know, if I don't do this um, and I can't make it, then I would just take advantage of the Social Security system. <laughs> and so that's why, honestly, why I waited until I could have been eligible for Social Security, knowing full well that that was not my goal and that I really wanted to create this community foundation. So when you talk about the people that community foundations serve, there isn't any nonprofit organization, including uh, schools, museums, libraries, that are not served by a community foundation. So whether it's the homeless the hungry, special needs children, veterans, uh, mental health issues, education, economic development, anything that is good in a community is served by a community foundation. And we make grants uh, all year long to different organizations that need our help. We also have um, wonderful things called disaster funds available. So when you have a significant disaster in your community and right after we opened, we had a tornado that literally wiped out most of this tiny little town called Nayplate that is next to Ottawa. And the south side of Ottawa was very significantly impacted. It was February 28th of 2017. And so um, we went into action literally between 4 p.m. on that Tuesday night and 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning. And we set up a fund for people to start to donate. And in about three and a half to Four weeks, we had about three hundred sixty thousand dollars, which wow. is pretty astronomical for yes, it is. a small community like ours. And um, we then set up a uh, distribution team that would give that money back equitably over several months, because people don't really know exactly what their losses are the next day. And they, and from a financial standpoint, you have so much settlement to be done with insurance companies and all kinds of things. So we have disaster funds, and we also have scholarships. Uh, most community foundations, larger community foundations, just have hundreds of scholarships. And because we're still fairly new, we have like 14 
maybe 15 scholarships now. But our scholarships aren't restricted to just a high school gives uh, their scholarships to their high school, which is great. We need all that. We need everybody in this together. But the Community Foundation is there to supplement a lot of things. So because we're not tied to specific high schools, um, our grants, are, our scholarships are available to anyone in the region, including children who are homeschooled, because there are just not scholarships out there for homeschooled children. You have a lot on your plate. So in, in addition to everything else you've got going on, you thought to yourself, why not run for the LaSalle County Board? Um, and also, I want uh, the audience to know that Pamela did something really remarkable. She won the primary as a write-in candidate. As a write-in candidate. This is a woman who is clearly known and beloved in her community because that is a very tough way to get on the ballot. So what do you want to accomplish uh, as part of the county board? The first thing I want to do is kind of just sit there and listen, to be honest. I'm... Um, if you, you know, like you asked me how, how I could bite off just even more. But at the time, I've actually been trying to retire. Um, <laughs> Not very successful. But I haven't done it successfully. No, I failed miserably at retirement. And um, so I'm back with the Community Foundation after a couple little breaks for a few months trying to retire, and then I ended up going back. But at the time, um, there were some people from the leadership of the LaSalle County Dems that approached me and said, gee, we heard you retired. You know, would you ever consider running for LaSalle County Board? And I said, you know, I, I really would like to learn more about how that works. Number one, I do think I have a few things to bring to the party because... I'd say more than a few. Well, I don't... <laughs> I honestly, I'm not really nearly as well-versed as Carolyn, of course. And um, I... But I knew this uh, county... You know how to get things done. I knew the county nursing home was an issue. And because I spent six years building a foundation to capture additional dollars to save a nursing home from going under, um, that was a nonprofit nursing home as well, I thought, you know, maybe I could lend something to the nursing home committee. Um, 18 years with Metropolitan Life Insurance. And I just thought, and then being transitioned um, baptism by fire into medical building, billing and medical insurance for children. So we have an insurance committee on the LaSalle County Board. And I thought, well, they won't have me on anything else. Maybe I have, <laughs> maybe I have some talent for the insurance I committee. I have a feeling um, that, that when you are elected to the LaSalle County Board, District 18, by the way, that they are <laughs> going to find plenty for you to do with the background you've got. Well, I hope they do. Pamela, thank you so yeah. much for sharing your story, and I wish you the best of luck. Great. Somehow I don't think you're going to need a huge amount of luck, but I, I wish it for you anyway. Well, thank you very much. I'll take all the luck I can get. <laughs> I just hope that I'm um, a great servant leader for the board in LaSalle County, and I'm looking forward to being elected. Pamela Beckett, LaSalle County Board, District 18 President. Uh, we are going to take a break and be back with more after this. Can't listen to Joan Esposito? Surely you can't be serious. Live, local, and progressive in your car today? I am serious, and don't call me sure. Don't fret. You can still listen to her on the TuneIn app on both your phone and computer. Whoa! You feel that right away. Oh. It's just refreshing. You want to buy a new home, refinance the one you've got, maybe you want a VA loan or a reverse mortgage, you need to do what I did. Call Team Hochberg, our trusted local lender. 
David posted a five-star Google review after working with Team Hochberg loan officer Mark Zenner. It said in part, my wife and I make good money, but had no way to pay off our credit card debt, so I called Team Hochberg and worked with Mark Zenner. Mark helped us pay off $45,000 in credit card debt, eliminated our stress, and saved us over $1,000 a month. You can read David's review and almost 400 other five-star reviews. Go to Google, put Team Hochberg in the browser. If you'd like to experience that same five-star customer service, then you need to make that call. 855-56-DAVID or go online, 56david.com. That's 855-563-2843 or go to the web, 56david.com. Lower.com, equal housing lender, NMLS 1124061. Hi, this is Mark Bittner. And I'm Tennille M. Jackson. As a wastewater treatment plant operator for the MWRD and former union member, I believe that these are our rivers, our flooded basements, our tax money. And as someone who cares about the environment, I want to make sure that you stay educated about what's going on with your water. On November 8th, punch 55 for Mark Bittner. And punch 57 for Tennille M. Jackson as your Green Party commissioners for the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District. Paid for by Cook County Green Party. I'm Joel Clark, a select quote agent, with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and he can't take it with him. Well, I went to work and found Ray, who's 40 and takes medication to control his high blood pressure, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. That's way more coverage for a lot less than what he was paying. If SelectQuote didn't shop for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote and to find out how much you can save, call 1-800-346-1122. That's 1-800-346-1122. 1-800-346-1122. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Attention, everyone. Don't turn that dial. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive, returns right now on WCPT 820. Elections. This broadcast, this wonderful fun day in Grundy County has been sponsored by the Grundy County, Kendall County, and LaSalle County Democratic Parties. We are broadcasting from Morris, Illinois, at the Grundy County Democratic Headquarters. We are wrapping up our day today by talking, we're coming full circle, going back to Grundy County, talking to the current Grundy County clerk. Kay Olson is here to give us all the information that we need to know about this election. Kay, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you for having me um we are having an election we We are aren't we 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 are we've been voting since september 29th uh early voting begins 40 days out of election day in illinois um in grundy county we are set up in our grundy in our clerk's office at our courthouse so it has been ramping up every day busier and busier 
Any idea how many mail-in ballots have arrived so far? Yeah, we mailed out approximately 4,300, and we've received back right around 2,500. Of course, that's a fluid number changes all the time. Um, And when I just did a quick check yesterday compared to our last midterm in 2018, we are about three times the number of vote-by-mail ballots, people that have requested a ballot-by-mail, and we're about double our early voters. So the pre-election day voting option, are just becoming more and more popular every every year. I voted by mail, and I got an email once my ballot arrived that said, we've received your ballot, don't worry, but your ballot won't be counted until Election Day. I know some places they sort of open them up and they start counting them early. Correct. Is, does that happen? Is that the way it works in Grundy County? Yes, yes. We have had our... Third day of open mail processing yesterday. We bring teams of open mail processing judges in. Uh, we've had qu- quite a big number for our county, so we're doing two teams at a time, teams of three. R's and D's work together, and they can only process up to a point. There's no tabulation that occurs. So they work in a batch of, of ballots that have been arrived. They ensure that the ballot's sealed first of all, and they just kind of work through there. If they're sealed, they will open that mailing envelope. They take out the certification envelope. They are verifying that the voter's signature on the certification envelope matches the signature on the application and then also matches the application that we have on file in our voter registration system. So they are checking it three times, and all of those judges on that team have to agree that, yep, that that signature looks the same on all three of these areas that we're checking. And then they will just flip those ballots over, and they just continue through that batch. After they're done, they will take those, and they will put them in our scanner, and that's where they stay. Nothing is tabulated. They stayed in a locked, secured room, and so everything is free locked. and fair and safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So does that mean when uh, the polls close on Election Day, like you push a button and all those things that are in the scanner get scanned? Pretty much. <laughs> so it's not like 400 people sitting there for three days. No. I am so We're so fortunate. <laughs> Illinois did make that change in our law. We were able to process up to that point um, because it would take a small army of people, and it's harder and harder to find those people that are willing to do that, uh, but to work all day and into the evening. So now I am really confident that we will have all of our mail ballots processed by the time the polls close on Election Day, and we will push the vote-by-mail and early votes will be pushed up first for our results and then followed by individual precincts as they come in. If there's um, a lot of mail-in ballots and a lot of early voters, does that generally mean that there is going to be a larger turnout, or is it just you know people who would have voted on November 8th are voting early? Is it meaningful? I I would I in the past I would have said I think it it is more people and I do think that there will be we may have a higher uh, turnout but I do just think that those options are becoming more popular we heard a lot from voters in 2020 um, due to the pandemic that did opt to mail uh, do a mail ballot and we were we heard a lot of positive feedback people that were maybe afraid of that and they expressed that. They really enjoyed being able to sit in their home, take their time, look that ballot over, and maybe do some research because there may be a question on that ballot that they they 
do not have a lot of knowledge about or races that they do not know. I don't want to tell you how many days it took me to finish my mail-in ballot, <laughs> which was like, you know, it was like two legal-sized papers, both sides. It yeah, it's double-sided. Mm-hmm. And we do have the constitutional amendment question on. Um, people are taking a while to vote. You know, I can, I can just observe that uh, when they're in the voting booth. So I think the voting by mail, it really, I think people do enjoy that. They, they are not rushed. Um, the last day to, that we can mail a ballot, uh, though, is tomorrow, so I will put that plug out so anyone that would like a vote by mail ballot would need to contact their election authority by tomorrow in Illinois. They could mail that. Now, Kay, you're on the ballot. I am. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> talked about that. I am. I'm, I'm running for my third term as county clerk. Uh, I am very grateful. I am unopposed. So um, I, I am very happy for that. I followed. I was elected in 2014 for my first term, and I was very honored to be uh, hired and work for Lana Phillips, our long-term, uh, long-serving county clerk in Grundy County. And I worked for her for 11 years, and then um, she decided to retire, and I did run. So um, it's hard to believe that this, I'm looking at my third term already. Well, clearly the people of Grundy County like what you're doing and the way you're doing it to be able to be on the ballot with uh, no opposition is always it's got to be a relief. You it's can a focus relief. on the job now. It's a relief, especially doing elections. It would be very daunting to try to be campaigning for your position and you know, be running your office during the busy time. You know, one thing I've been trying to get a feel for as as we wrap up, we've got mail-in balloting, we've got early balloting, we've got people who will show up that same day. We're going to be doing a big election special that night. Um, my guess is we probably won't have a lot of races to call because a lot of that will take some time, don't you think? Um, yeah, it will take a little bit of time, and it, you know there could be some close races too. So in Illinois, we have to wait two weeks uh, to accept any late arriving vote by mail ballots, and then those will be added to the unofficial total. And so we do have to wait two weeks in Illinois. Um, and yeah, it could it could take some time with some races. I think it looks like there may be some close close ones out there. Well, Kay, thank you for being here. I'm glad we could circle back to Grundy County at the end of our day. Thank you to all of the candidates and all of the people who made today happen. Uh, Grundy, LaSalle, Kendall counties, you have been so welcoming, and we really appreciate all the work you are doing. And thank you for your support of WCPT. That's it for me. Driving at home with Patty Vasquez is next. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night.